Moses came down from the hill Holding the rules in his hand Looked all around Suddenly found No one was listening Now it's time to throw down So throw down Throw down We'll throw down Throw down Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Nearfall Radio, posted at buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips, sit on your button munch. Also available in the iTunes store. Be sure to search Nearfall Radio in the iTunes store where you can subscribe, download, and review. Remember, five stars or GTFO. My name is Landon Doan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my tag team partner, if you were, the middle-aged outlaw, Justin Kritzinger. How you doing, buddy? Oh, God. <laughs> Happy belated oh, birthday. Yeah, that was a shot right in the fried, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, just like uh, some people we might be talking about later, I think it's time for me to retire. And then maybe a couple of years from now, I'll come back out of retirement. Because Absolutely. It's too, too early to retire. And and as we're finding out, it is very lucrative to come out of retirement, especially overseas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If they're going to throw that kind of money at me, yes, I will come out of retirement and do whatever kind of show they want me to do. <laughs> yeah, you're not even asking questions as long as the check clears. That's right. That's all it takes. We're here to get Keep over that in mind, and get paid. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're here to get over and get paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it has been a hot moment since we uh, last graced you, the lovely listener, uh, from the Palacious Butt Munch Chip Studios. We were going to meet last week, but Jay had kind of a uh, heel turn in his life when, when his car just out of nowhere betrayed him, live, yeah. just, just live on the road. It really did. It pulled a full Becky Lynch on me. Uh, did it call right you a bitch? Back. It called me a bitch and it treated me like a bitch. <laughs> I it left me on the side of the road going, "What the hell happened?" <laughs> so yeah, that did happen. Um, so thanks a lot for nothing, uh, domestic cars, and you are now in my rearview mirror and uh, going going full foreign from now on. There, there you go. And uh, and and if you were uh, maybe Chris Jericho, you could add that car to the list. <laughs> That's right. It's it is. It's on the list. <laughs> and I want to delete it. Delete. Yes. Uh, th- that right there is another tease. Look at this. We're, we're getting down some banter, some teases. It's almost like we've done this once or twice before. Yeah, once. Once. I took a class on podcasting. Really? <laughs> yeah. I paid for it on the internet. Kevin Spacey was my teacher. And, uh, oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, and now that's become problematic. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see how that could be uh, problematic. Man, talk about wasting your money on an education. Signed a journalism major. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, since we did last podcast, we have had a uh, WWE event, Hell in a Cell, which we're going to have a ton of events coming up here recently. But we do want to look back at Hell in a Cell. Thoughts overall of the card, Jay, and uh, we're going to get to the end of the card because I really feel like that's what the internet is still talking about. But I want to get your thoughts on Hell in a Cell 2018 as a whole. Yeah, so I know heading into Hell in a Cell, you and I had talked about it. We said that just looking at the card, it didn't look like anything necessarily that was going to get the blood pumping and and get us really super hyped. But it's a Hell in a Cell, right? So it's exciting because that, that, you know, menacing structure that they lower down over the ring um, really does add an element of, of fun and intrigue, and you never know what's going to happen when you bring the hell in the cell, uh, especially the gimmick matches into it. So, um, 
you know, we and and understanding that this was the 20th anniversary of of the definitive Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> you know, um, you almost had a feeling that they were going to pull something off in this one to either try to equal that craziness or or even maybe top it. Um, so I think going in, you know, you, I think we went in with some cautious optimism, but just like, well, just the card in general, eh, we'll see. I would say after watching the show that I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, Part of me kind of thinks that maybe the match order was backwards, and and maybe they should have just reversed it, just because the the shocking, mind blowing, like really kind of take your breath away, holy crap moments happened in the very first match of the official launch of the pay per view for me anyway, in the Jeff Hardy and, and Randy Orton oh, match. Yeah, I mean there there were moments in that match that I am never going to forget seeing because it was just like. Oh my gosh! Someone is really gonna die, or get, or get like <laughs> and, seriously hurt. And by someone, you mean Jeff Hardy? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so you know that one was crazy. I mean, th- there was a moment where, and I don't know why they necessarily had to get this angle, but um, Randy Orton's leg had been cut, Ooh. and and they and they go and and show a close up of that leg, and there is meat hanging off of his body. Oh, that was so gross. And I was like, really, really, we need to show that. Um, so that's yeah. I, I I texted you during that match. You might remember I made the mistake of eating dinner yeah, during Hell in the exactly. Cell, particularly during that match. So uh, um, whoops. And good. and then and then not to mention uh, Randy Orton broke out a a toolbox yep. and decided to uh, use a, a Phillips head screwdriver on uh, Jeff Hardy's gauged oh my ear. Gosh. I, you know I knew that was coming because um, because of the leading up to it. You know he was stretching out the earlobe. Um, on a on a SmackDown and, and so, like on I, a regular basis too. Yeah, so I knew that this was coming, but that was a gut wrenching moment, and I just I was like, oh god, I don't. I, and I was really concerned he was that, that the goal was to like rip his earlobe. I did too. And so I, I was really like, did too. I was like, I don't need to see that. I really don't <laughs> need to see that. <laughs> it's like we're gonna watch this through the fan eyes and kind of peek. Yeah. So luckily it didn't go that far, but it was gross enough as it is. That earlobe is particularly stretchy. It really is. I'm impressed because, I mean, like, it didn't look like Orton was, to lack of a better term, pulling punches no. when it when it came to that. I mean, like, he was getting some torque, A, with his fingers, and then when he broke out the screwdriver, it's like, we heard these rumors that Jeff Hardy wanted to, quote, do something that had never been done in a Hell in a Cell match going into this. And he talked about coming back to the WWE. This is the one thing on his quote-unquote bucket list that he wanted to check off. He wanted to do something crazy in a Hell in a Cell match. And there for a second, I was thinking, is the crazy thing he's going to pull off, like, tearing his his gauged-out lobe? Right. Ugh. I mean, I'm glad it didn't get to that, but referencing what Jeff wanted to do crazy, I mean, he'd, like, go to the end of that matchup. From the top of a ladder, he grabs the top of the Hell, Hell in a Cell structure and starts going, like, monkey bars <laughs> back and forth and, and then just eats it going through a table missing randy orton yeah yeah and it was a tough ending for for jeff hardy there because and and i'll I'll admit i definitely was questioning like he could have very well seriously hurt himself um and then like you saw the ref kind of calling for the for the cage to to be removed and and which which that that was a great touch by wwe because i mean i was right there with you i was thinking did he really actually hurt himself because i mean he bit it hard and then the fact that the ref got right there and was like waving off the match calling for the emts but then randy orton with some hella heel work said no do your job 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get the one two three, which yep. we're gonna have some foreshadowing to towards the end of the night. But. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that was that was a really fun match, and it really did have those crazy, like um, just blow your mind kind of moments. Um, kind of moving on, I enjoyed the Becky Lynch Charlotte Flair match quite yes. a bit. Yes, it was mm. a, it was a really good one, and I liked the way it ended. Um, and you know, Becky still still embracing her Stone Cold. Um, <laughs> the bad last Becky Lynch. Yeah, she got her title, and and she doesn't care. She doesn't need your congratulations or your permission, or you know, she's just she's gonna do her thing. So that was really fun. the The Raw Tag Team Championship match with Ziggler, McIntyre, and then Rollins and Ambrose was awesome. It was mm. a great match to watch. So good. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying you could have flipped this card upside down, and it would have felt even more appropriate to me, at least the way the match is played. Out. So. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, and uh, and if you're looking at the time that each match got from the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, they gave the most time to that Raw Tag Team title match, and I mean, like, it should be kind of old hat at this point, us saying that Dolph Ziggler and uh, Drew McIntyre and uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose are having, you know, match of the night, but at the same time... Every night, it seems like they go out there and not only do they match the bar that they set set for themselves, they do like a Phoenix splash over it. Exactly. They don't raise the bar. They are the bar. Oh, they wow. are. The, wait a minute. That's somebody else. <laughs> and by the way, that's a new like promo for a Ford truck, which I think they should totally be sued by the WWE. But um, seriously, like Ford needs to be sued for that. I was at the grocery store the other day, and Kellogg's has a quote-unquote limited edition cereal called it Unicorns, and <laughs> and the boxing and the packaging looks very similar mm, to your reigning, defending WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, come on! I know WWE has a very strong legal department. Shout out to the Young Bucks, but I mean, come on, y'all. <laughs> right. Um. But yeah, so let's get to the the end of the card. I mean, I know we wanted to talk about the Roman Reigns Braun Strowman match and how, you know, it, 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 I felt like match match to match things were moving really well. It was an entertaining, satisfying card. I really I liked the results we were getting. I mean, I feel like the Ronda Rousey Alexa Bliss match was a little predictable and ended exactly how we thought it would. I mean, mm-hmm. there there wasn't anything shocking there, but but still, it was a good match. Uh-huh. I thought that was the best we've seen Ronda look uh, since she's come to the WWE. And even though I like, I'm kind of aggravated they want to, you know, portray her as an underdog against of all people, Alexa right. Bliss. No, no knock against Alexa Bliss, but I mean, it's Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey. But I did like the fact that they built in that she had the injured uh, ribs, and Ronda did a pretty good job of selling throughout the match. She did. She did. I'll, I'll give her that. I mean, they, they really played up the rib situation, and, and she even, you know, tried to pull off a couple of her signature moves and had to, you know, kind of crumble because she was feeling the pain, and, and so mm-hmm. she had to end up fighting through it. So I thought she did a really good job selling all that, um, and, and I'm not trying to downplay either one of their performances. I just think it was somewhat predictable, and it went the way we <laughs> expected um, more than anything. So then we, you know... I don't know if there's anything you want to say about uh, Samoa Joe or... uh... Mm, Yes, I have some thoughts on this matchup. Go ahead. Uh, This was the time where I think Samoa Joe should have gone over. This is the time that they should have taken the strap off of AJ Styles and put it onto Samoa Joe. Just with the story that they're telling, like... I don't think it was necessarily a bad way to end the matchup because both of these uh, participants come out still looking strong. AJ uh, still hangs on to his title. Joe 
had had the title stolen out from under him, so I don't think either one of them look any lesser for it. But at the same time, it just feels like, especially with this title reign for AJ Styles, there's been several like very wonky finishes. Like ever since ever since uh, the Shinsuke Nakamura feud uh, with WrestleMania, there's always been like uh, AJ retains through uh, auspicious ways, so to speak. And and I thought with the story they'd been telling, and especially the way they'd portrayed Samoa Joe leading up to this point, with him like terrorizing the family and threatening to show up at like PTA barbecues, which that is oh my God, Samoa Joe is just such a good heel right now it's like i thought that would have been the perfect time to put the strap on joe and plus we already know that uh joe and aj are going to be meeting uh at the super showdown card in australia and they have a you know no disqualification no count out there must be a winner stipulation so i mean like you could have gotten the title back to aj at that point or you could have let samoa joe run with it for a little while but hmm I really felt like they had an opportunity to do something and really like make Samoa Joe on the level that, that at least in my eyes as a fan, he should be on the main roster. And uh, clearly this feud is still going and I'm hoping we eventually do see that payoff, but I really felt like it hell in a cell. That should have been Joe's night. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I, I thought it was an interesting angle to have AJ tap, but the ref not see it. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that they played that out really, really well. Oh, they so, did. I mean, like, yeah. uh, it, the referee was definitely in the perfect position for the ending they wanted to go for. Because, I mean, like, if, if he had just, like, had a brain fart and didn't position himself on the other side where he clearly couldn't see, yeah. on replays, we'd be like, yeah, what, what is what is this stuff? But, but yeah, I, like I said, I don't think either one of them looked weaker coming out of it but like as a Samoa Joe fan I was I was I was really hoping that that was going to be where they pull the trigger on Joe yeah yeah and they and they have had good matches if you'll remember um a couple episodes ago I was talking about how I I hadn't seen AJ and Samoa Joe fight in the past in their prior you know uh wrestling promotion lives and so I didn't know you know what their matches were going to look like because I felt like they have very different styles and and <laughs> AJ no pun yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, and and I just didn't know if it would be something that that would work very well. Like maybe it would be mixing water and oil or something. But uh, I I have to say, like they they are a good matchup. They they work well together, and and they both put on a really good performance. They've been fun to watch, and I really do like what they're doing with Samoa Joe. And I I thought the whole reading the bedtime story. Oh my god! Is, oh, that was so good. that was really hilarious. So. And, and and the fact that like like the the illustration in the book not terrible yeah. if I'm being completely honest. Well done. Yeah. Who knew Samoa Joe is so talented? He's an uh, he, he's a murderous machine. He's an author. He's an illustrator. Apparently, he owns his own printing press. <laughs> I mean, is there anything he can't do? Well, other than win the WWE <laughs> Championship. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but that was all good. Yeah, that was positive. Very very good. And and um, this one, I mean. I, I think they they could have the title could have changed hands. Um, I'm not surprised they kept it the way it is. I would be really shocked if they end up letting him win at Super Showdown, but it could happen. Oh yeah, no, no, he's he, he's not winning at Super Showdown. Yeah. And 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 as a Samoa Joe fan, that bums me out. And that's kind of why I was like, I really hope he gets it here because like I really felt like at least with what it's framed as right now, and especially with the uh, stipulation that was added to the um, Daniel Bryan and Miz 
match where, you know, the winner will be the number one contender for the title after uh, Super Showdown. I really thought this was Joe's opportunity and looking forward, I'm afraid that was going that was going to be his quote unquote only opportunity, at least right now. Yeah, he's going to kind of shuffle back in the pack. Which is a shame because, I mean, Joe right now is just so dang good in the ring, but at the same time, he's not exactly a young uh, young guy. Yeah, and has he had a bit of a history of, of getting injured? Um, off the top of my head, I think he might have had uh, some injury issues in TNA, but okay. I don't think I don't think they were you know like much maligned injuries where where he was just gone for like you know eighteen okay. months or whatever. And it's but not I mean, like like it's been like chronic or anything. Okay. Exactly, but I mean at the same time. Joe's a bigger dude. He has a very physical style of wrestling, and he's 39 years old. I mean, granted, we we're looking at AJ Styles on the other side of the ring, and AJ isn't exactly a uh, young guy either. He's actually a little bit older than Joe, uh, 41. But at the same time, they have very different styles, and AJ doesn't have as much you know weight carrying right. on his frame right. as Joe. Yeah, because yep. you start running into things like knee issues, back issues, different things. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. yeah. So, okay, well. We'll see. I, they, maybe, you know, maybe they keep him involved and, and this, because there has been so much controversy around this, you know, if, if AJ beats him at Super Showdown and then we've got a new number one contender, I think they could still end up coming up with something um, for Samoa Joe to keep him involved because, as we've seen, we thought Brock Lesnar wasn't going to be involved. Oh, no. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get to that. <laughs> yeah, lo and behold, boy, were we, uh, we wrong. I, I guess the one thing in professional wrestling you can count on is nobody has any idea what Brock Lesnar is truly gonna do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So should we should we get to the the main event now? Yeah, I mean, unless you have any thoughts on uh, the Mizanans beating the Brian Danielses. Yeah, I mean, not, like not so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was a match. Uh, Miz and Maurice did heal underhanded tactics to get another one up on Debry, and when Debry finally beats the Miz, it's going to make it that much sweeter. Boom, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag analysis. Yeah, exactly. Short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go ahead and get into it. We've uh, danced around it. We've made references to it a couple times. Uh, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Hell in a Cell, uh, they beat on each other and then lay down for like 10 minutes in the ring while Dolph Ziggler and <laughs> Drew McIntyre come out. Then, of course, that brings Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins out, and then they get up on top of the cage, and then somebody screams, Andy's coming, and they all lay down like they're toys and Toy Story, and then Rollins and Ziggler fall off the side of the cage, and then Brock Lesnar shows up. Like, it's very hard in 2018 to surprise wrestling fans, but at least to me, this was a full-blown like what the fuck is going on man moments yeah. so i was i was shocked when it initially happened but then after that initial shock p- passed i'm like oh no does this mean we're getting more roman and brock and we're kind of getting more roman and brock yeah and Strowman's getting screwed out of this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, again like like braun Strowman, it's like we i think we made a reference to it when he decided to cash in his money in the bank he said he was going to do it at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view and then like 45 minutes later turned heel, which made no sense story-wise. And it's like, he's just like, he's, Braun Strowman has been made to look like a monster, but a monstrous goober when, whenever, you know, it's on the line. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and this match did him no favors in, in this situation. It really didn't. Um, 
I I was excited for this match actually because I really I mean I guess I didn't necessarily think that that uh, Braun Strowman was gonna win the title in this match, but I just really wanted to see him get like a shot, um, an honest shot, and see him perform in a match against Roman Reigns. And um, when 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 they took a nap for a little while and, <laughs> and all the all the activity started on the outside of the ring, I know you and I were texting at that point, and. I was convinced either someone was going to go through the cage or someone was going off the top of the cage and seriously now feeling, you know, this, this far into the show, we felt pretty confident. Okay. Jeff Hardy's not dead. He's fine. Someone's <laughs> going to die in this match because they were like 30 feet off the floor. And, and with the, the, um, the battles, the fights that were going on top of the ring, I just really thought we were headed for someone getting thrown off the top of the cage again. Now, then Rollins and Ziggler climb halfway down and they play the let's smash each, smash each other's head to the cage game. That, to me, got stupid. It and did. I didn't like, it, to me, it was just like, hey, somebody needs to go through a table. Here's a good way to, let's double our pleasure, double our fun, double the gum, <laughs> and we'll both go through tables because it was like they were waiting. It was synchronized table breaking is what ended it, up happening. Mm-hmm. It um, really was. Yeah. So I didn't like the way that they executed and, and, like, I do not fault them for wanting to safely fall through a table off the side of a cage or, you know, as safely as you can do that. I put the blame on the production. Yeah. While, while Rollins and Ziggler are, you know, lining up what they want to do on the side of the cage, the camera doesn't need to be just focused in on them and show exactly what they're trying to do. It's like, you have a camera on, on, uh, on, McIntyre and Ambrose, I'm sure they're they're doing something. I mean, even yeah. if it's just you know throwing punches at each other, show that. I mean, heck, go back into the ring and and show you know uh, Braun Strowman and and Roman Reigns having a nap. Yeah. At, like like just to be like, yeah, we're we're acknowledging they're still here, but like don't show the guys lining up the spot because the way it did play out, yeah, it was like synchronized one two three go type stuff. And and even the way they fell off the cage, where they both slammed their heads into the side of the cage, there was almost that moment of they go into the cage, side look at each other. One, two, three, oh no, we're falling! Yeah, there it was definitely a, a pause and, and then go. And I think that's a really good point. I, I didn't even really think about it. Because a lot of times, I feel like that's something that WWE does really, really well with the cam- camera work. It emphasizes what's going on and enhances it, and in this case, it did them no favors. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a really good point. So, yeah, so then, here comes Brock Lesnar. He kicks the cage door in, which... That was cool. Was cool. That was cool. Yeah. And then I really wanted him to beat everybody with the cage door. Yeah, use it as a weapon. I mean, he kind of used it as a ladder to get into the ring, which was cool, but not as cool as, like you were saying, if he picked it up and just started, you know, going to town on people with it. Yeah, I thought that would have been a fun thing to do, but um, but instead he uses broken table parts, which don't really look like they're doing damage to anybody. And then the, the fact that this thing just ends with them saying, here, here, we're getting to, like, some interesting intrigue. Brock Lesnar's in the ring. Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns are getting their heads crushed. And... And then they just say, nope, these guys can't continue. And the yep. pay-per-view ends. <laughs> See you Monday. Well, and, and and the most aggravating thing is generally in the pay-per-view window, it'll lead up to like 11 uh, Eastern. Yeah. 
this this show went off the air at like 1040. They, yeah. they still had it like 20 minutes in that window. It's like, what is going on? And then like WWE, they go into... I think the reason they brought uh, Mick Foley to referee this match, they went right into some Mick Foley stand-up special. It's like, yes. W- what? Bizarre. And, okay, that is a really good point, because here, this whole time we've been talking about this match, we have not even mentioned the fact that Mick Foley was a, a guest referee. They didn't do anything with him, aside from the fact that Paul Heyman maced him. Yeah, that and, and that could... That could have been any referee. That yeah. that could have been literally anybody getting getting maced. Where where you made reference, it's the 20th anniversary of the definitive Hell in a Cell match. It's like I still very vividly remember where I was, who I was watching that pay per view with when Undertaker sends mankind's carcass, for the lack of a better term, off the cell into the table, and you bring him out there to get maced, and that's it. Right. Like made no sense, and it's like. I guess we shouldn't have been expecting all that much, considering that he was just randomly interjected into the into the match the Monday before, when we hadn't seen hide nor hair of Foley since what WrestleMania, when when he was relieved of his GM duties from Stephanie McMahon. Should we point out that that he did inadvertently um, have a three count early Ooh. in the match? Yes. <laughs> That. But you know what? That 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 ain't on Mick. That's on Roman. WWE has trained their their referees. If if the uh, if they're supposed to kick out at th- or by three and they don't, they're trained to count it, and then you'll deal with the fallout after that. Now, I don't know what they could have done dealing with the fallout in that specific thing. But <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Just would be clear cut. It's over. Roman wins. I mean, uh, Braun Strowman Braun, wins. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and here's Brock for reasons. <laughs> yeah. And we got like 40 minutes left in the broadcast. But yeah. it's like, yeah, that ooh, that could have been a disaster. Yeah. yeah, I found that pretty funny. And of course, he was like, he even apologized. He's like, sorry, that was an accident. It was two. It was two. Yeah. <laughs> and then the best part, Braun Streaming, get your old ass down here and count. <laughs> and then later on, when, when Roman's pulling out tables from under the ring, he's like, tables are good. Yeah. Tables are good, Roman. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he popped up like the, the Mortal Kombat toasty hit into the side of the screen and just says, tables are good. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I liked that. Yeah, but I, I mean, like you said, we, we went all that time without mentioning, oh, by the way, they brought back WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley to referee. Like, yeah. what? And, and he got maced, and it was yeah. really a non-factor. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't know. I It was one of those... I, we talked about how, um, you know, I, the the Elias situation where he snapped his guitar and then just and then just walked off stage, mm-hmm. and it was yeah, one like, of those bizarre like, what just happened? Is that over was that now? supposed to happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the, the end of this pay per view felt like that. It was like, okay, are we really done? Is this really over? Like I knew it, but the you know the little their little splash screen came up and it faded out but i was like really? yeah when the graphic shows up it's like oh man that's it yeah <laughs> and i'm wondering what the people i actually thought about this too what about the people who were there in person attending this were they all just kind of looking around like so is it over <laughs> uh reports from the live crowd were they were not super pleased <laughs> with the end of the show exactly how could they be so. Well, I mean, like, like we, the audience at home, weren't super pleased about it, and all we did was, in theory, pay nine ninety nine a month for it. These people put down way more than nine ninety nine to to go to this event live, and and we, the viewing audience, had the uh, I guess, the 
positive that we could see that lower graphic pop up in the bottom yeah, of so the screen. Sure. Yeah, yeah, where the where the uh, live audience is like, so what's what's yeah, going what's on? Next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's next? Who's coming now? So, so it's like the Undertaker coming out. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but this just adds to my argument. You flip the card upside down. If this was the first match on the card, then you would have been like, wow, that was bizarre. But now we got a whole bunch more to look forward to. So, and, yeah, and, and that would have started the night hot with a surprise return of Brock Lesnar. I mean, yeah, the match still would have ended in no contest, which, why did a Hell in a Cell match end in a no contest? Especially with the way this show started when Jeff Hardy might have died and uh, and yeah. uh, Randy Orton's like, nope, screw this. I am <laughs> counting, or get down and count. You are going to count the three here. It's like, like it's, it just didn't make any dang sense. And it's like, I don't think... I thought Braun was going to win it here, but just with the no contest in, that, that that just really left a bad taste in my mouth for that event. And it's a, it's unfortunate if, like you said, if this card were flipped and this started and, say, the Jeff Hardy-Randy Orton match was, was the closer, or heck, even the Raw Tag Team title match, like, I really think the overall outlook on this show would be completely different. I think so, too. I think it really would have changed how I felt about it. Because, I mean, like, like going through the card, talking about these matches, there's clearly a lot to like that happened at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I think so. It's just that one last thing where, you know, they pushed all their eggs into the basket, and it just turns out that a bunch of eggs in that basket are rotten. Rotten eggs. Yeah. Yep, nobody likes that. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, well, uh, I, I would say, here's here, I'm going to give it a grade. Overall, I think I would give it a B-. minus. Okay. And if it if they had a more definitive ending, even with all the shenanigans that happened in the in the Universal Championship, if there was a more definitive ending where you were like, "Yep, that was satisfying," that probably would have been a solid like A uh, mm-hmm. pay per view for me. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. Even even with the uh, the, the pre show match where uh, the New Day defeated Rusev Day, like top to bottom there was a lot of really good stuff that happened on this card and heck even if even if we got an ending where uh brock f5s braun and then brock picks up roman and f5s him onto braun and one two three that's how the match ends oh, that would have been great why are you not writing for Creed? that would have been a great way to end it seriously and, and it's like, that would have set up so much intrigue. Did Brock do this on purpose because he thinks he can beat Roman easier than Braun? Uh, and, and like, what is what is Brock doing? It's like, it, I don't know if anybody would have left happy because, you know, boo Roman. But at the same time, I think that would have left people in a better position than what the WWE is in now. Yeah. Especially when, it, when it's like, this is going to, looks like, it's going to pay off, maybe, because with Brock Lesnar, you never say it's it's done. It's going to pay off at, a, at the crown jewels or, or the greatest jewels or the family jewels the family or something. Jewels, yeah. <laughs> well, well, with the prices that the Saudis are paying, I think I think they are paying uh, with the family jewels. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and it's like, let's, let's go ahead and head overseas, because right. uh, that is where one of the things I want to talk about is, I guess, coming from... Uh, in the world of professional wrestling, you never if a wrestler says they're retired or they lose a, you know, loser leaves town or a retirement match stipulation, yeah, they're retired, dot, 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 right up until they're not. We have, you know, legends like Terry Funk, uh, Mick Foley, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. They've, they've come out of retirement as many times as they've won championships in some of them. 
but the one guy that has been constant and there's been a constant like hey it'd be cool for you to come back and fight like you know aj styles or johnny gargano or something like that has been Shawn michaels and we're getting reports like Dave Meltzer uh, right before we started recording. I saw Dave Meltzer is reporting like it's now all but confirmed uh, at uh, the crown jewel or the greatest jewels or whatever it is. Uh, what is the name of that damn crown thing? jewel crown jewels? All right. I was I was, was close ish the first time. Uh, it looks like we're getting the Brothers of Destruction, Undertaker and Knox County Mayor Glenn Kane Jacobs <laughs> taking on uh, Triple H and the returning heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah. And and so all of this starts when Shawn came and voiced his support for uh, Triple H, you know, um, leading up to the um, Super Showdown in Melbourne, Australia. And I, I don't know, I, I, I feel like... Shawn Michaels, one of the big reasons he stayed away, I think there's been a couple things. One is, his back has got to be absolutely just destroyed. And and you don't, that's, I mean, yeah, you can have surgeries where they fuse, you know, fuse discs together and do some things to give you some relief. But Still back surgery. Yeah, it's still back surgery. And you never really get over back surgery. Like, once your back is screwed up, it's screwed up forever. Um, And you can have, you know, a relatively normal life, but you don't want to be getting slammed in, onto the mat by the undertaker or, or Kane uh, mm-hmm. ever again so I think that was part of it but then the other part was also I know he felt like he was kind of missing out on on raising his kid right so that was that was another piece that I'd read about that um, he had kind of a wake-up moment at one point where uh, he had a conversation with someone backstage they asked how old his kid was he said nine and they said oh halfway gone and and that mm. and that was when he decided oh man I'm missing raising my kid and I can't do this and that's another reason he stepped away so you know when you when you think about that kind of thing I just I really I kind of respected him for the fact that he was like you know what I've, I've done my time and I'm done I oh, absolutely he does of course I love Shawn Michaels I've always thought he was a fun wrestler to watch I go back to the rocker days uh he and Marty <laughs> and Eddie I loved watching the rockers man and um so as much as I love seeing Shawn Michaels in the ring I have no problem. I mean, when you're done, you're done. You don't have to come back. You don't owe anybody anything. So I think we were talking about it before, though. If somebody, and we might have teased this a little bit uh, early on in the podcast, if somebody's going to write a big enough check, you'll do just about anything, right? Heck yeah, absolutely. And and it's like we made the joke: we're here to we're here to get over, and we're here to get paid. We're here to get overpaid. And 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 with the Saudi money, it, everybody's getting overpaid. Yeah. Uh, and. And I'm right there with you. I think, like, I'm, I'm a giant HBK mark. He was one of my favorites growing up. And don't get me wrong. I am definitely going to be paying attention if if and when Shawn Michaels gets back in a ring in any sort of capacity, whether it be a tag match. Now, I do hope if he is coming back, he'll be more open to the idea of doing stuff on a more regular basis. Like, I already made reference uh, a couple years ago, there was those strong rumors uh, that we were going to get AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels, which, holy crap, uh, shut up and take my money. I want to see that match. So I hope if Shawn comes back, it does lead to him being more open to doing stuff at like the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania or something like that, where we could see a match of a caliber like, you know, Styles and Michaels. But at the same time, I'm a little hesitant because we already talked about how, you know, Terry Funk, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, um, Mick Foley, all these all these uh, legends have come back and retired and then come back and then retired. Shawn Michaels is the one guy that hasn't done that. And it always, you know, 
leave the audience wanting more. Yeah, exactly. Go out on a high note. Exactly. And he went out on one of the biggest high notes in WrestleMania history. I mean, those matches he had with Undertaker are things of legends. And it's interesting in that matchup with The Undertaker, on one side we have Shawn Michaels, who's left the crowd wanting more, where on the flip side we have The Undertaker, who some might say has left the crowd wanting him to have hung it up a couple years ago. Yeah, that whole question of, is it better to burn out or fade away? Like Exactly. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think The Undertaker... I, I, again, I love watching The Undertaker, but I don't like seeing him go out there and, and where he just, he can only half go, you know, Mm -hmm. it's tough to watch. And especially at these last few WrestleManias, we have seen that Undertaker that can, you know, barely go. And it's like, I I don't want to downplay anything The Undertaker's ever done. I mean, he's still the phenom, but it's like... You would be lying to yourself if you look at his last few WrestleMania moments and then compare it to when, you know, the streak was, you know, alive and well. And even when he was just showing up once or twice a year, even if it was just to wrestle at Mania, he always brought it. You knew it was going to be good. Now it's like, I mean, that Roman Reigns match, woof. Right. Exactly. No pun intended since the big dog, but I mean, heaps. Yeah. And, and it's like... They're advertising for the Super Showdown, you know, Triple H and Undertaker for the last time ever, even though they already had a match at WrestleMania where it was, quote-unquote, the end of an era. And it's like the month after we're going to get Kane and Undertaker taking on Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And it's like, you know, don't get me wrong, I like seeing all these legends, but, but with the WWE has this stacked of a card of young guys... Like, come on, use them. If, if 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 you want to use the legends, like, give some of these young guys a rub. Like, like, like talking on Undertaker. If I really hope that this isn't leading to uh, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker Part Three at Mania. I really hope it doesn't lead to that. And and that is how the Undertaker retires. I would re- like if the Undertaker is going to have a retirement match at Mania. I would rather them give the rub to like somebody like. They, the boat's already sailed on this, like Bray Wyatt, yeah. give him that rub where he's the new face of face of fear, or Finn Balor, could you imagine if the demon Finn Balor was the one that ended the Undertaker's career? Yeah, I mean, I like, like, I like that he would he would be a made man going forward, yeah. and you would you would have a star to play with in the future where it's like, if Shawn Michaels retires the Undertaker, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get eyeballs, but it's like, where do you go after that? Right. It's a good question. I don't know. But and and this is all speculation because I mean like we don't even know if Sean's going to be doing anything past uh, what he's been allegedly uh, committed to for the uh, Super Showdown and then uh, Crown Jewels or Royal Ju- the Saudi Show. We're just going to call it the Saudi Show until I until I can remember what it is. And it's like for all we know that could be it. And then he just goes back off into the distance and shows up the next time on like SmackDown 1000 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I- I, I like Sean being around. I think WWE is better when Sean's around. Um, but I just don't need him in the ring. You know, I, and I, and I kind of feel the same about Hogan. I think it's true about the legends. Like, I think you want him around. Um, because I think what they do is they bring credibility to the guys coming up. And, um, you know, they kind of show them the way. They, you, you don't, you don't want, um, all that stuff to just be forgotten and, oh, those guys are old news, we're moving on. But but at some point, they need to hand over the reins, but still still be around to, to you know, remind people, hey, we built this place, right? And, and, Absolutely. And so I, I, don't, I don't have any problem with those guys being around. I just don't think they need – or how about this? Let's make a WWE sen- senior circuit. 
They can just get in the ring and have, like, uh, walker matches or something. <laughs> we'll bring in Vince Russo to book it. Everything's going to be a walker or a Viagra on a pole match. <laughs> exactly. Bro, it's going to be the best. Just trust me on this one, bro. <laughs> Hairpiece goes home. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, when uh, Hogan finally loses, he has to shave his skullet. <laughs> Never. Nobody wants that. Never so, brother. so Hogan, yeah, Hogan's gonna keep strong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, speaking of a legend returning, uh, reports are coming out that Rey Mysterio has signed a two-year deal with the WWE. Uh, we saw him show up as a surprise entrance at this January's Royal Rumble, and there had been rumblings that Rey was gonna come back. Uh, most recently, he's been doing work with AAA, and you might have seen him if you ordered the All In pay-per-view. Which, by the way, All In was amazing. I know it was about a month ago at this point, but. I loved the All In show. Go out of your way to check it out if you haven't seen it. But, uh, Jay, thoughts on Rey Mysterio? I mean, clearly he, uh, former uh, World Heavyweight Champion, a legend uh, with everything he's done. But I'm kind of curious, uh, what do you think Rey's place in this roster is going to be? And do you think they're just going to lock him away on 205 Live? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I, I don't know what the purpose of this would be. I mean, I could see it as a, you know, a positive for Ray. Of course he, I'm sure he wants to, to be back and be in there. I read something that he was more interested in like an 18 month contract, but WWE wanted to tie him into two year. Um, but I guess the, the current stipulation is that he, uh, has the option at 18 months. If he wants to stop then, then, then that's fine. I, so I don't know, but, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly where, where they will put him. I, I think, He's going to be one of those guys who um, they're going to use him like he'll show up and in special situations, special circumstances. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little puzzled by it, to be honest. I, I don't really know the, the reasoning. I And I'm not saying that I, I don't enjoy Rey Mysterio and, and like watching his matches because I do. I, I think he's a fun guy to watch and um, always entertaining, always, always brings it high energy. Um, but. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of at a loss. I mean, what, what do you think about it? Um, honestly, I don't see them putting him towards the top of the card and, you know, in, injecting him into the main event scene. That's not to say I don't, he won't challenge for, like, you know, uh, the Universal title or the WWE title on a random Raw or SmackDown. But you mentioned the fact whenever he shows up, you know you're going to get an inter- a good entertaining matchup. And maybe with, with SmackDown uh, uh, moving to Fox uh, – next year back into prime time uh with smackdown 1000 approaching you have to remember Rey mysterio was part of that smackdown six it was him eddie guerrero chavo guerrero edge uh, chris benoit and kurt angle the smackdown six that really made smackdown must see wrestling in that era so i'm hoping they can kind of recreate something like that where they put him uh in the middle of the card and they just let the talent that they do have play off of him ray can uh They'll play to Ray's strengths. Ray will play to his opponent's strengths and elevate some of the some of the guys around him. We talk about how it's you want to have the legends around and you really can't ignore them. If I think if they were to do something like that with Ray, I think that would be a perfect way to position him because I mean, like he's he's going to be over. He's Ray Mysterio Jr. Yeah. Everybody loves Ray, yeah. but if he could get into a matchup with like off the top of my head, like if he gets into a program with Rusev or something, if Rusev turns back heel, like, like I could see Ray and Rusev having a really fun feud and, and Rusev getting a rub from a legend like Ray could do a lot of really good things for a character like Rusev. But I am kind of curious, like what his purpose is going to be because 
I think one of the things that made Ray so unique in his previous time in the WWE, especially during that SmackDown 6 era, is his offense was so unique and it stood out, where now you look at the roster they have, it seems like everybody can do a suicide dive over the top rope. I mean, even giant guys like Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman can do that. And, like, you got bigger guys like Seth Rollins who, you know, goes out there and does a Phoenix Splash and and will, you know, do Falcon Drivers and all these crazy flips where it's like, yeah, Ray can do that. But, I mean, like, look at Seth Rollins. He's, he's like CrossFit Jesus over there flipping around. And and he's, like, six inches taller than Ray. So, like I'm, I'm not downplaying the sign, and I think I think it's a good move for WWE. Anytime you can bring a talent like Rey Mysterio onto your roster, and you and you can position him and use him to build up the other stars around him, I think that's a good move. But I'm still not exactly sure what the WWE wants to do. Yeah. Like like a- everything we've said is what we think they they want to do. But truly, the only people that know are WWE creative, and we're not going to know at least for a little while until you know Rey finally shows up. I have a question. What is it that actually ended his relationship with the WWE? If I remember correctly, and listeners, please uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That is what the internet's for. I think he got a little bit burned out towards the end, and uh, he started to get a little bit out of shape, and some of the injuries started to catch up with him. Okay. And he just he, and he wanted to go and do different options, like and and work for different federations. I know he's been doing some work with AAA in Mexico. I think he's done some stuff with CMLL since he left the WWE. Um, it wasn't like there was some big event. Like he didn't get really hurt, or he didn't have some big dispute with Vince or something like it just well I do remember at one point I don't know if this if this was in the lead up to him like like being shown the door I do remember he was off TV for a while and there were some lingering issues uh, when it comes to injuries so okay. maybe that played into it but but no there wasn't like a like a big blow up where where he went and beat up Vince McMahon or something and got and, and damn it pal you're out of here right nothing like that okay all right I was just wondering sorry to put you on the spot I just <laughs> this is this was again like it happened during kind of my uh, WWE dark period. So I, you know, last I knew, Rey Mysterio was still around. I come back to watching him, and he's not really part of it anymore. So I didn't, I had no idea. Well, never apologize for putting me on the spot. That's what podcasts are for. Right. And and as we've established, if if it's set on a podcast, it's true. Okay. Well then, we have the facts now. We can move exactly. On. <laughs> <laughs> We're a hundred percent infallible. Just don't look into it. With the rebirth of Rey Mysterio's WWE career, it seems like the WWE career, at least the entering aspect for Woken slash Broken Matt Hardy is coming to an end. Uh, There have been reports from, well, uh, Matt and his wife, Rebby, on Twitter that Matt uh, has been in kind of bad shape, uh, you know, body-wise, because... Much like his brother Jeff, Matt has put his body through some crazy-ass spots in his over-20-year career, and doing it right up until the end. Uh, one report I saw on Twitter, he said, like, yeah, his uh, spine was fusing to, like, his hip bone or something, oh. which, that's terrifying. That's not the way it's supposed to work. No, that is not the way it's supposed to go, and, and that would be bad if you were just a, you know, healthy guy with the exception of that but when you think about all the spots that matt has put his body through i mean like there's clearly some uh, mileage on that body and he uh 
he'd been kind of kept off of TV for, for a few months. Uh, we really hadn't seen him on TV since he and Bray Wyatt lost the uh, tag titles to the B team. And ever since then, it's like Bray Wyatt has kind of been floating around in the ether, but all reports seem like Matt Hardy is done. And then this past weekend after a uh, live event, uh, where he and Bray Wyatt tagged one more time, he did, put out a video on .com and pretty much confirmed all the reports w- w- without saying, yes, my body is, you know, has this ailment. But, I mean, he said it's time for him to go home and it's time for him to be a father. And there there are reports that Matt's still going to stay active with the WWE in a producer role behind the scenes, which I think would be a really good landing spot for him because he's clearly a brilliant creative mind, as we've seen with the, you know, ultimate and final deletions and the stuff he did with the Woken slash Broken Universe and TNA and later in WWE. But at the same time, it's such a bummer because, like, for me, like, Matt Hardy is one of those, like, superstars that throughout the years I'm always like, yeah, that's my guy. That's my boy. So I'm sad to see his in-ring career come to an end. But at the same time, seeing some of the stuff that he and his brother put their bodies through, I'm I'm just glad he has the option of, of choosing, yeah, it's time for me to walk away as opposed to, like, Being forced. Edge, for example, was, was told, like, if you take one more bad bump, you might die. Exactly. Yeah. And I agree with that. Um, it's it's uh, it's disappointing and it's it's abrupt, but you know he, he's got to make the right choices for him. Now, one of the things I did read about Matt Hardy making this announcement because it happened at a live event, I guess, is that he very specifically said that Woken Matt Hardy is done. So yes, yes, that is that is a good catch. Yeah. So people are saying, well, if you if you kind of read into that a little bit, maybe it means that that character is being retired, but he could come back in another iteration. You know, some some new, not broken, not woken, but uh, maybe spoken. <laughs> Fixed Matt Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> spoken Matt Hardy, where he's just gonna do like uh, death poetry. Jam. Um, he and Elias are going to team up and they're going to put on the most entertaining 15 minute segments on raw, but nothing's going to actually happen in ring was. <laughs> yeah. So, so he can be back. He left. I think that leaves the door open a little bit, but, uh, but yeah. it does leave the door open. And I mean, that's, he said that, uh, the in ring, uh, career, that aspect, yeah. it seems like it's done. So, I mean, like he did, like you said, he did leave the door open for woke or for the woken character to be retired. But there is still that door that he could come back. It's like Matt Hardy version 1.0, or I guess at this point, like Matt Hardy version 1.5, because, you know, you updated the uh, operating system or something. Or, I mean, like, he, he could come back and just, like, what's not to say, like, Jeff Hardy just had a very traumatic uh, experience at Hell in the Cell. What's not to say that uh, this broke Jeff Hardy, and now he needs a mouthpiece, and Brother Nero uh, is led out by Woken Matt Hardy. Yeah, yeah, could be. Because, I mean, it's like, like, say what you will, yes, uh, I'm a big fan of the final deletion, all that stuff, but some of it is hokey, but at the same time, Matt has always had, at least in my opinion, a much better, you know, presence on the mic than his brother did, or does at this point. I agree with that, and, I mean, you can tell that they don't, they put kind of an effort into just letting Jeff kind of uh, say the minimum, say the bare minimum that he needs to say. Um, and that's fine. And I, and I think that I think you make a really good point. And maybe, maybe that's how we see um, uh, Matt come back and, and just serve that purpose for his brother. That would be, that'd be really cool because we'd still get to see him around. He'd get to do his thing. But, you know, all, all from a safe distance um, and not necessarily putting, you know, his back at further risk of fusing to something like his knee bone or something. Exactly. The uh, the back does not connect to the knee bone. No, that's not how the song goes. I'm no doctorologist, but I do know that song. 
So, I, I wish him well. You know, I, I, I always want these guys. We we love to see them go out and do these crazy spots. And we, we love to see people go through table, tables. We love to see people jumping off the top of the cage. But at the end of the day, these are real human beings that need to have good life after, you know, wrestling. And, and like, mm-hmm. like you said, if, if they, you know, feel like it's time to call it quits and they, they're doing the right thing for themselves and their family, then, then I totally support that. And that's really, you know, playing into what I said about Shawn Michaels, the same kind of thing. I totally respect the decision. And I don't think, um, you know, as, as much as we all enjoy the, the idea of, like, Shawn Michaels coming back and fighting AJ Styles, you know, that would be awesome. But let's just, let's do it in WWE 2K18 or whatever. That, you know, <laughs> 2K19. By the way, uh, if, uh, if if you uh, pre-order now, you can get uh, DLC characters Ronda Rousey and Rey Mysterio. <laughs> so we can do it there. Do all your dream matches there and, and, and then we can, because, I mean, those graphics, it, it looks like it's real anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they, they don't update the gameplay, but as somebody who gets the 2K series pretty much on a yearly basis, the graphics do sure look pretty. They are nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but if this truly is the end of uh, Matt Hardy's in-ring career, uh, I, I say congratulations to Matt on a wonderful <laughs> career. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. I like that Jeff did a little bit of that in, in the Helen Selly was doing. Yeah, like, if, if you know what to look for every now and then, Brother Nero does try and peek out of Jeff Hardy. I mean, uh, he talks about uh, fading away and being obsolete, and, and he'll break out the delete every now and then. So it's like, that that going back to, you know, possibly uh, Matt going and being Jeff's mouthpiece, that that, that kind of still gives me a little, little glimmer of hope that that could happen, that we could see more woken slash broken stuff in the WWE, because I know some people panned it, but, like, I love the absolute hell out of what they did with uh, with him and Bray Wyatt, and the, I guess, ultimate deletion. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Because the final deletion was an in, in impact <laughs> or something. I don't know. it. Oh, by the way, the... Uh, the Speaking of Impact, I know I didn't tell you about this in the uh, pre-show, there were reports that higher-ups in Impact Wrestling and higher-ups in WWE had a meeting last week. Really? Yeah. uh, Speculation is they were possibly talking about getting uh, some of the video rights to uh, TNA, I guess, at that point. Because if you look at the current WWE roster, I mean, you have people like Bobby Roode, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Sting, Kurt Angle. Guess where they were for the last like 10 years before they got to WWE? All in TNA. And plus, I mean, like you have the WWE Network. If you're telling me I can go on the network and I can watch the triple threat match between Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniel from, I think it was like Destination X pay-per-view, like, yeah, that's going to keep me subscribed to the WWE Network. Uh, Jay, before we get out, is there anything else you want to talk about in the uh, world of the sweet science of professional wrestling? No, I don't think so. I I, I, th- I guess one thing that you and I have kind of been kicking around is SmackDown's the show now. And yes, yeah, like <laughs> um, Raw, you know, in, until they get something figured out and can make a, a better, uh, more entertaining show that, that where you feel like you're getting value out of the three hours you have to put into watching it. Um, it's, it's probably something where you can just read the recaps. Um, a lot of the same stuff going on there. And it's just not that intriguing. But SmackDown is the show. SmackDown's got the talent. It has the really developed, interesting storylines. And, uh, man, it's... it's. I, I said it after the Superstar Shake-Up. I was like, SmackDown isn't, isn't just a show. It's the show now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it really has played out that way. So, 
So uh, what we're announcing is I'm no longer going to be watching Raw, so congratulations to Jay for being the ra exclusive Raw recapper. No, uh, I I'm not going to put that evil on you. And especially it's like, it was like there were episodes of Raw that just felt like a chore to get through. And that was before Monday Night Football started. And, and <laughs> like, I'm I'm like everybody else in the world. I want to I want to see how my fantasy football team is doing. By the way, shout out to Shinsuke Nakamura because I drafted Alvin Kamara in my fantasy league. Yes. Wrestling and fantasy football, y'all catch it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess that is it for this episode of Near Fall Radio. Uh, Jay, give the lovely listeners some plugs on the way out. Oh yeah, geez, I didn't even think about uh, we were going to do that. Um, I'm so unprepared. <laughs> Let me just pull this uh, sheet of paper out of my pocket. Um, <clears throat> oh, I, I don't have anything prepared as I put my reading glasses on. Well, uh, it was the best of times. It was the worst. Time. So let's put up a Venn diagram here. Let's see. We've got on the left, we've got uh, fans of the sweet science of professor wrestling. And on the right, we've got fans of theme parks that are owned or at least uh, promote uh, anthropomorphic mice. If you now, if you somehow are in this little section that overlaps, and you like both of those things, then I would encourage you to check out a little show that Landon and I both are a part of. It's called the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. It drops every Monday morning, and it talks all about the Walt Disney World Resort, what's going on around the parks. We dive into some what we call deep dives with the Dawes and talk about specific rides and attractions. And we just have a good old-fashioned time. And if you'd like to hop on board, you can do that on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and um, subscribe. Give us the five stars. We love it. And, and join us at Morning Monorail on Twitter. You can find us there. Thank God you included your Twitter handle because I'm like, oh God, what is it? I forgot. Yeah, I know, because it's, it's not... It's not the name of the, the worst. show exactly. It is. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like Jay mentioned, I am on um, Monday Morning Monorail. Though here recently, much like Alberto Del Rio, he's advertised, but I just don't show up. So don't be disappointed if uh, if I am not on the episode uh, you happen to download. But uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Landoz, L-A-N-D-O-Z. I got buttmunchchips.com, buttmunchchips. Sit on your butt and munch. That's where you can find the now exclusively posted Game of Thrones talk, a.k.a. Got Talk, where myself and Hunter East break down each episode of HBO's award-winning series, Game of Thrones. We have a complete rundown of Season 7. We have no idea when Season eight's coming out, but I am seeing more and more articles about how the cast is getting emotional whenever their character is rapping. So if characters are rapping their arc, you have to imagine we're like, hopefully less than a year away from uh, season eight starting back up. So uh, keep an eye on buttmunchships.com uh, for that. Also, you know, be sure to subscribe to this and the iTunes store. And instead of bumping out with the wonderful Tenacious D like we always do, I am going to give a shout out to a guy on Twitter that I'm a big fan of. Uh, his name is Josiah Williams. He runs a Twitter handle called Wrestle and Flow. It's at Wrestle and Flow. If you're a fan of hip hop and wrestling, I highly, highly, highly recommend following and listening to this guy and pay attention because this guy is blowing up and he's doing some really awesome stuff. So I'm going to bump us out with his rendition of NXT's Undisputed Era theme. So uh, for Justin Kritzinger, I am Landon Doan. Thanks for joining us on Nearfall. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 
Walking arenas, I'm shutting it down and I'm raising the bar. Y'all look like the kind to get lost in the shovel, just playing the part. I belong in the light. Y'all can just stay in the dark. Funny how every time they know who we are, but we say who we are. I'ma take care of the light work and I'ma make them fans go loco. Black and yellow in a logo. I got the game in a chokehold. Music drops, everybody puts their hands up like their nay nay. Y'all know just what they say. Adam Cole, baby. They will not leave any doubt in your mind. This is the moment that they waited to have. They'll knock you out with a punch of a kick or a little bit of both combo with a jab. Uh, I am Roddy with the flow. Yeah. I am Bobby when I'm bold. Yeah. I'm a Roddy with the gold. Yeah. Every title I'm a hold. Yeah. Our era this our time, you better recognize. My lyrics bring a house down where the record lies. Yeah. I keep moving, I can prove it. Let me show you how I do this. Can't refute it. I ain't losing. This flow is undisputed. Boom. <laughs> Yeah. Jay Will. Yeah. Rest the flow, 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 yeah. Ray Mysterio's uh, WWE career. Uh, wow, look at that. Did I just have a stroke? No. The proceeding was a Butt Munch Chips production. For more episodes and information, please visit buttmunchchips.com. Butt Munch Chips. Sit on your butt. And munch.